reaching Israel and the world and the world. Baruch Hashem, beloved ones, bless the name of the Lord. Welcome today to Discovering the Jewish Jesus and a heartfelt thank you to all our partners. Honey, we're looking today at the fact that the things that we feel are our deficiencies, our struggles, our problems, even sin issues that we have, they don't disqualify us in our walk with God, but really they could become blessings because God's given us in our problems and our issues a mountain to overcome. And Jesus said, he that overcomes will inherit the paradise of God. So our deficiencies, even sin that we have to overcome, doesn't disqualify us, but it's our starting point. And from there we overcome and we're rewarded for everything that we overcome. It really gives us a victorious perspective of life. Yeah, yeah. The Lord's been speaking to me, battles become blessings. Every battle that we're facing, every loss, every trial, if we are caused to seek Him harder, mm-hmm. we'll end up with a greater blessing than we ever had before. Mm-hmm. And so every battle that you're going through right now, we, I just want to pray, Father God, in today's program, I just ask that you just download from heaven the fullness of your presence that you're seen so clearly as the answer to the problem. In Jesus' name, amen. Today I've got a word from the Lord for you. I'm in a series called Revelations to Set You Free. I began last week. You might want to go back and watch that episode. On last week's broadcast, I brought up the point of how Yeshua said to his disciples, who do they say that I am? And Peter said, well, some say John the Baptist, some say Elijah. Yeshua said to him, but who do you say I am? And Peter said, you're the Mashiach, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ, the anointed one, the son of the living God. Listen carefully what Jesus said next to him. He said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of John, for flesh and blood has not, listen, revealed this to you. And then Jesus went on to say, And on this rock, I will build my church. Peter said, you're the Messiah, you're the Christ. Jesus said, blessed art thou, Simon, son of John. Flesh and blood has not revealed this to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And on this rock, I will build my church. That scripture is an extremely important scripture in the whole world of Christendom. In fact, the Protestant church and the Catholic church interpret that scripture two very different ways. You see, the Catholic Church believes that the rock that Jesus was speaking of there, when Jesus said, Simon, Peter, on this rock I'll build my church, the Catholic Church believes that the rock that Yeshua was speaking of was the rock of the papacy and that Peter was the first pope. The Protestant Church, on the other hand, believes that the rock that Jesus was speaking of was Peter's confession of faith, that through the confession of faith that Jesus is the Christ, it's on that rock the church is being built. I want to suggest to you that there's another interpretation. The interpretation that most resonates with me is that the rock that Yeshua was referring to upon which he would build his church was the rock 
of revelation. You see, Jesus said, everyone that hears and learns from the Father comes to me. Listen again. Peter said, you're the Messiah. Jesus said, you're blessed. Flesh and blood didn't reveal that to you, but my Father who is in heaven. And on this rock, I'll build my church. I believe, beloved, that the rock that Jesus was speaking of there is the rock of revelation. You see, we can't know God. We can't enter into a relationship with Him except we receive the gift of revelation. This is why Paul prayed in the book of Ephesians that Father would give you and I a spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of Him. We can't know God through our natural senses. We can only know Him through the Spirit. And the Spirit imparts to us eyes to see and a heart to understand. It's called revelation. You see, a mystery is something that's concealed, but when God reveals that thing that's concealed to us, we then have revelation. And in order for you and I to be set free, we need revelation. Again, I'm just laying the foundation that I began to build on last week. I want you to understand how important it is for you and I to seek. Jesus said, knock and the door will be open. Ask and you'll receive. Seek and ye shall find. It's not enough just to confess some doctrine with our mind. We have to seek deep into the mysteries of God. Jesus said that if we would continue to follow him, if we would continue to seek, he said, you will know the truth, and the truth will make you free in John chapter 8. What we're doing, beloved one, in this series is we're looking at mysteries that can be revealed to our inner man by the Spirit that will set us free. I launched on this journey last week, and I talked about the fact that you and I are in God because all of His creation exists within Him. The Scripture tells us in Him. We live and move and have our being. But it's not just that we exist in Him. We also have to have an understanding that although we're in Him, we're unique individuals. We're persons with a separateness. And this is why, what makes love dynamic. In order for real love to exist, two unique, separate persons with unique personalities, unique taste. Two unique persons need to choose to become one with each other in love, and yet in that union of love, they still remain in their separateness. In other words, when I kiss my wife, Cynthia, I'm not just kissing a picture of myself. If that's all it was, I could look at a mirror and kiss the mirror. No, when I, when I kiss my wife, Cynthia, I'm kissing someone that is a unique individual. She has a unique temperament. She's built differently than I. And yet together we come together, and through that union, there's a oneness that's created. And that is the type of relationship that Hashem, that Father God, is looking for from you and I. We don't ever just become, uh, you know, so in union with God that we cease to exist with our own personality, with our own will, with our own temperament. No, we're brought into union with Him, but even when we're united to Him in oneness, we're still unique. And the only person that can choose to love God is you. You're not just a shadow. God isn't making you love Him. You have to choose to love Him. You're always going to be separate. You're always going to have your own will. It's always going to be up to you to give God your heart. 
As I said last week, no one can give your heart to God but you. And understanding this puts a weight of responsibility on us. When we wake up in the morning, God's not going to make us love Him. And love is not a feeling. Love is a choice. When we wake up in the morning, you and I have to realize that it's our responsibility to put Him first. It's our responsibility to control what we say so that we're always placing ourselves in a position under His authority and under His Word, watching what comes out of our mouth because we want to love Him. We have to choose to come under His authority because we love Him. We have to choose to be obedient. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll obey me. But this is our choice. As I said last week, when I was a very young Christian, I couldn't handle the fact that any of it had to do with me because I had no confidence in myself. I just said, Lord, it's all up to you. If you don't save me, I'll be lost. If you don't save me, I'll perish. If it depends on me, I'll fail. So all I could do was trust God in His sovereignty to complete in me what He began. And that's the right thing to do. But as I got older, I realized that God's not going to force me to love Him. I have a call, and only I can do it. Some of you may not be aware that every Friday I send out a short mini devotional. If you're not receiving it and would like to, just go to stayconnectedwithrabbi.com. Now today, I want to focus on Romans chapter 8, verse 31. This is the type of devotional, beloved one, that I'm sending out. The Lord says here through Paul, what should we say to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? If we really were living in the confidence that Paul is speaking to us and wanting to impart to us through this verse, we'd be living in such a more victorious, joyful experience. In other words, if we really believe in our kishkas, deep in our soul, that God is with us, and because of that, we're going to be more than triumphant through everything we walk through in life, we would face the future, beloved, with such joy, such confidence, such an optimistic spirit. This is what God wants for us. He wants you to wake up happy. He wants us to be expectant. He says, I have a good future plan for you. So I want to encourage you today, despite the difficult circumstances that we all face, God is going to use the circumstances for your good. He's going to continue to use the circumstances to perfect you into the image of his son. So look up, beloved one, and walk in joy because God is doing something wonderful with your life every single day. As we grow closer to our Savior's return, there are still millions who have not experienced Him, from Africa to Israel and every corner of the earth. But Rabbi Schneider, through all forms of media and on-the-ground crusades, is reaching the world with inspirational teaching from a Jewish perspective, equipping the church, evangelizing the lost, and pouring into the lives of pastors and leaders around the globe. This could not happen without you, because you are an integral part in sending Him. Is God calling you to help Rabbi proclaim the gospel to the ends of the earth? Give at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com or call 800-777-7835. I want to move on today. I began to touch last week on the second revelation to set you and I free. And to do that, I went to the book of Bereshit, the book of beginnings, the book of Genesis. 
And what I showed you last week was after every form of life that God created, the plants, the fish, the birds, the animals and the cattle, after each one of those creations, he said it was good. There's only one being that God created that didn't end it with saying it is good. And that's the creation of mankind. Let's take a look into this now. We're going to Genesis chapter 1. I'm just going to review. I want to show you what we covered last week. First of all, I'm going to go to verse number 10. God called the dry land. He separates the waters from the dry land. God called the dry land earth and the gathering of the waters. He called seas. And God saw, notice the next phrase there, it was good. Next, the Lord creates the vegetation. Let's go to verse number 12. The earth brought forth vegetation. Plants yielding seed after their kind, and trees bearing fruit with seed in them after their kind. And God saw, listen now, beloved one, that it was good. God made the two great lights, the greater light to govern the day and the lesser light to govern the night. He made stars also. God placed them in the expanse of the heavens to give light on the earth and to govern the day and the night and to separate the light from the darkness. And God saw that it was good. And then he made the fish and the birds in verse number 21. And again, you're going to find after creating the fish and the birds, he said the same thing. It was good. God created the great sea monsters and every living creature that moves with which the water swarmed after their kind and every winged bird after its kind. And God saw that it was good. And finally, the cattle and the animals in verse number 25. God made the beast of the earth after their kind and the cattle after their kind and everything that creeped on the ground after its kind. And God saw, beloved ones, that it was good. In all these examples, God created something, it was finished, and then he said it was good. But let's look what happened when God created man. Verse number 27. God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, rule over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the sky, and over every living thing that moves on the earth. Then God said, behold, I've given you every plant yielding seed that is on the surface of all the earth. And every tree which has fruit yielding seed, it shall be food to you. And to every beast of the earth, and every bird of the sky, and to everything that moves on the earth which has life, I have given every green plant for food, and it was so. But you know what we're missing? No, it was good. God gave man a mission, and he gave man authority, but after he completed man, he didn't say it was good. Now, it's true that in the next verse, when the Lord looked at the entire creation, he said it was very good, speaking of the whole creation. But only after the creation of man was there no phrase, it was good. Why is that so? The reason is, beloved, when God created the vegetation, the plants, after he created it, it was done. In other words, the vegetables weren't going to continue to evolve. They were finished. When God created the animals, it was done. His creation was complete. When God created the sun and the moon and the stars, it was over. 
And so God said it was good. But after God created man, no, it was good was spoken because man was not done being created yet. You see, you and I are still in the process of becoming. The cattle are done. The plants are done. They're serving the purpose for which they were created. Their completion was done when God created them, when he spoke that first word. But you and I, beloved, we're in the process of still becoming. We're still evolving into all that God has called us to be. We're changing. We're being changed, the scripture says, from glory to glory. We're growing from faith to faith. We're being transformed. Even still, we're being recreated into the image of God's Son. You and I are on the journey of becoming. You see, it's important to understand that you're not done yet. In fact, hear me now. Your imperfections are what qualify you for greatness. Even the sin in your life that must be overcome is what makes you great. Why? Because your imperfections, even your sin, is the starting point from which you journey. Jesus said seven times in the book of Revelation, chapter 2 and 3, He that overcomes will inherit these things. You see, God made it this way. God made it this way because He wanted you and I to evolve in such a way that we participated with Him by the Holy Spirit in overcoming evil, in overcoming sin. You see, goodness is not truly good if there's no choice involved. In other words, if God created you and I without giving us the freedom to sin, without giving us the freedom to choose between good and bad, that our goodness would not really be goodness in the fullest sense of the word. In order for goodness to be fully good, in order for love to really shine, there has to be a choice, there has to be an option involved. That's why the Lord said in the Torah, Behold, I've put before you life and death. Choose life that you may live. This same concept is illustrated when Jesus said this, What good is it if you love only your friends? Even sinners love their friends. It's just the natural thing to do. Jesus said, I'm calling you to love your enemies. You see, Jesus has called us to overcome. And it's when we have to strive to overcome, when we've got a sin in our life that we're really struggling with and we're clinging to God and we're praying and we're praying and we start moving forward and then maybe we stumble, but we get up again and we, we go a little further and then we get up again and we go a little further until finally we master it. That's what brings Hashem joy. That's what makes us great. I remember years ago, I was in a pastor's office and someone had started attending his congregation that was a cocaine addict. And this person really gave their life to the Lord. They really fell in love with God. And they were coming to services all the time. I mean, it was such a beautiful thing to see this person coming right out of the world that was a drug addict coming to Jesus and seeking to follow him. But after about six weeks, this man came to the pastor, who just broken, crying because he had lapsed back in to taking the cocaine. And the pastor said to him, listen, you used to do the cocaine every day. Now look what you did. For six weeks, you didn't do it. Now pick yourself back up and let's keep moving forward. You know what happened? 
The man went three months now, never did cocaine for three months. And then after approximately three months, again, he had a relapse. He was so broken. He felt so bad. He came to the pastor once again crying. The pastor said, listen, just a few months ago, you were doing cocaine every day. You just went without doing for cocaine for three months. And this went on for a little bit of time. And eventually, after a year and a half, this guy was completely clean. He was completely free. You see, his cocaine addiction is what qualified him for greatness because he had something to overcome. And in overcoming, he was made great. And the victory that you'll receive is dependent on how much you overcome. He that overcomes, Yeshua said, will inherit these things. So don't beat yourself up because maybe you have a bad temper. Don't beat yourself up because maybe you have a problem in your life in this area. Some people are good people, and yet they keep catching themselves lying. Don't beat yourself up. Just commit yourself to following the Lord, to overcoming, to doing your best, and you will overcome. And at the end of the day, you'll have journeyed from over here to over here because you've overcome so much, and your reward will reflect how much you've overcome. I believe that when we get to heaven... The amount of reward we receive will be based on how much we overcome. Jesus said many that are last will be first. Many that are first will be last. We're going to be really surprised. And some of the people that you thought were the most moral, righteous people in the earth will not have as big of a reward as somebody that you might know that they seem to have some problems in their life. And that what you're going to find is, is that the person that had problems in their life but had to struggle and strive so hard to overcome, maybe they came from a broken home, maybe their mom or dad was a drug addict or in jail, and it was so hard for them to get to where they were, even though they might not look as righteous as this person that maybe was raised in church their whole life, you're going to find that some of these people that... Don't look like they're the, you know, like elders in the church. They're going to have the highest reward because they struggled and tried so hard. And the distance they traveled in sanctification was so far, they're going to have the greatest reward. Mystery number two revealed, beloved, is don't beat yourself up. Your imperfections, your sin, the part of your personality that needs to be changed, it doesn't disqualify you but rather it qualifies you to enter into something great. And the more you overcome, the greater will be your reward. Beloved, love yourself where you're at. God loves you where you're at, but he's not going to leave you where you're at. Accept who you are. Recognize once again that those things in you that need to be overcome, that's what makes you great. Because in overcoming those things, you're going to find yourself transformed into the image of Yeshua, shining like the stars, the scripture says, forever and ever. Beloved, join me next week as we continue to uncover hidden mysteries that are going to be revealed to you that as you apply them in your life and truly receive them, the Lord will use it to set you free. This is Rabbi Schneider saying, until then, God bless you. I love you. Baruch Hashem and Shalom. This is a beautiful few verses of scripture. Proverbs chapter 11, verse 24 and 25. Hear the word of the Lord. One person gives freely, yet gains even more. Another withholds unduly, but comes to poverty. A generous man will prosper. Whoever refreshes will be refreshed. He who waters will himself be watered. It's so true. God is a giver. Love gives. 
God so loved the world that He gave. Jesus said, he that gives is greater than he that receives. I just want to encourage you and I to walk in a spirit, beloved, of generosity. Of course, I myself am a television preacher, and it costs us many, many dollars to do what we do. And I just want to ask you to open your heart to be a giver. If God's using this ministry to truly bless you, beloved, would you sow financially back into it? I believe, according to the Word of God, you'll be refreshed for your obedience. Thank you, God bless you, and shalom. Here's how you can donate or become a monthly partner. Send your tax-deductible gift to Discovering the Jewish Jesus, P.O. Box 777, Blissfield, Michigan, 49228. Or to give by credit card, visit discoveringthejewishjesus.com or call 1-800-777-7835 or text the keyword rabbi to 45777. To show our appreciation, we'll send you an audio CD and download of Rabbi's Message of the Month and our most recent newsletter. Your gift is bringing salvation, healing, and deliverance to Israel and the world through television, internet, and crusade outreaches. Finally, many of us have honored God with our finances while living, but have we considered how we can honor the Lord with our finances when we pass on? For more information, click Will and Estate Gifts at DiscoveringTheJewishJesus.com. In the book of Numbers, chapter 6, the Lord gave instructions to Moses and Aaron to speak this blessing over his people. And the Lord said, when you speak these words over my people, I will place my name on them and bless them. Receive the impartation of the Lord's blessings. Yahweh, 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 the Lord bless you and keep you. The Lord make his face shine on you and be gracious to you. The Lord lift you up by his countenance and the Lord give you, beloved one, his peace. God bless you and shalom. Revelation today for a brighter tomorrow. Find Discovering the Jewish Jesus on all your favorite social media outlets and stay up to date on the content you love. Follow us on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, and subscribe on YouTube. Connecting with Discovering the Jewish Jesus has never been easier. If two of you agree on earth about anything that they may ask, it shall be done for them by my Father who is in heaven. Let our prayer team pray for you. Send us your prayer request today by visiting our website or writing to the address on the screen. Our prayer team lifts up every individual request before the Lord. And then, as God answers your prayer request, or if God has touched your life through discovering the Jewish Jesus, send us your testimony. We want to rejoice with you, and your testimony will encourage others. We overcome by the blood of the Lamb and the word of our testimony.
At the same time, pray also for us that God may open to us a door for the Word to declare the mystery of Messiah, discovering the Jewish Jesus, reaching Israel and the world. Next time on Discovering the Jewish Jesus, join Rabbi as he discusses the intimacy God craves and how to let him in the very center of our being. Don't miss this exciting episode.